Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and for this episode we have with us Smriti Arya. Smriti is based in Hong Kong is currently working as a medical information scientist at Fresenius Medical Care. Hi Smriti, thank you for joining us. Thank you Arjit, it's great to be on your podcast today. Looking forward to our future conversations. Yeah, definitely. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Yeah, sure. So I, of course, I am originally from India. And uh, after finishing my bachelor's and master's in basic science, I moved to Hong Kong to pursue my PhD in 2015. And since then, I have been staying here. Hong Kong has been my second home. So I graduated from the University of Hong Kong with my PhD in 2019, just before COVID. And then started working as um, a scientist in a pharmaceutical company, which was a Japanese pharmaceutical company. And my research was basically focused on regenerative medicines. And even I was uh, at one point of time working with the mRNA vaccines, which I think many people are familiar with these days for the COVID vaccines. And just recently, I have tried to change my career path a bit. And in February this year, I joined a medical care company called Fresenius, which is originally from Germany. And uh, it's basically um, taking care of all the kidney care and dialysis related products. So it has worldwide branches, even one in India, just near our hometown. So yes, I am working there as a medical information scientist, providing all the medical related information and making sure that it's accurate enough when it's provided to the people outside. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your job change. And I truly, truly believe that there's a long way ahead for you to go. You've been doing some great work. And it's been because of the scientists around the world like you that, you know, we have been able to fight such a deadly disease like COVID. So kudos to all the work that you've been doing. So you work as a medical information scientist. Could you please enlighten us more about your role and also about the organization that you work with? Yeah, sure. So I think I'll answer this question in like in two parts. Firstly, I'll start with about my organization. And as you just uh, got to know that it's working on kidney care. So this uh, organization is basically providing all the dialysis products, for example, dialyzer and even the dialyzer machines that are important for uh, setting up the dialysis. And even it has its own clinics, which provides the service of dialysis. And for the first part of your question, that is my role here, it's basically providing all the medical information and uh, to the not only to the customers which we are having, but also to make sure that the clinics which are operating these dialysis, they have enough training for the dialysis to take place and the they have enough medical knowledge for that. So my basically my job is to train them, to educate them and make sure the information is medically accurate. Yeah. Amazing. 
Yeah. So now we're talking about work culture, you know, culture at workplace. And you're based in Hong Kong and then you're also working with a Japanese organization. So right. how do you think, how would you describe the work culture there? And do you think it's very different from what we have in India? Um, well, I personally haven't worked in India. So I did have a chance to do some internships, but it was on a very basic research level, which I don't consider as a job. But of course, I have seen my parents and now even my friends uh, working in India. If I talk about the Hong Kong culture, it's not very different from India. Just one thing that the people here are very, like, they, they value the time a lot. So they, even though we have long working hours, sometimes even nine hours, and we are working overtime, which also happens in India, but uh, they value the time a lot. So I believe that even if they have certain job to finish by six, they make sure they finish it by six and provide it to their bosses or superiors. But uh, of course, in India, I believe sometimes there are things here and there going haywire. But um, more or less, I still believe that the hierarchy system is still very much there. Of course, the curve is flattening in Hong Kong because of a lot of westernization. But I'm also sure in India, we are having so many MNCs, which are helping in flattening that hierarchical curve. So, of course, work culture, sometimes it's also based on how traditional you are. So in Hong Kong, we are more western more open but in indian society we still have a lot of conservativeness in our minds so that traditionalness sometimes comes in our work culture so that's the difference where i believe hong kong is slightly different from india but of course over time is both in uh, both india and hong kong and well, I would also like to share a little bit about Japanese culture because I worked in that company for more than three years. And then I realized that Japanese culture is even more conservative than India. Like you have to be really following their rules. It cannot be even like 0.1% here or 0.1% there. So Japanese culture is a little bit more strict than what we have seen in other places. And it's true when we talk about, oh, Japanese work culture, it, it's, it's actually there. So I'm grateful that I had experience of working in, in a Japanese culture. And now, even though I am working in Hong Kong, because my company is a European-based company, so it doesn't have a very Hong Kong culture or a local culture, as we say here, but it is still very westernized. So people are quite flexible with a lot of things, like even my working hours. So it's quite flexible with with the, according to my needs. Yeah, definitely. And um, as you very beautifully mentioned that, you know, the curve is now flattening and I believe yeah. that it's a journey. So India is also exactly. quite accelerating its uh, way forward. Right. And right. hopefully we see a time, you know, when the hierarchical, uh, the entire tropes and trust that we see. Uh, exactly. Is yeah. And obviously, there are a lot of things that are being said about Japanese culture. We learn them at management schools. Uh, there are so many stories around it. And some of it would definitely be true, considering a lot of it comes from the tradition itself. Yes, well, as, as people say, everything has pros and cons. So yeah. with Japanese culture, I would say a person would 
get into discipline as as it's really important in Japanese culture. So it's it really helps in your personal life as well, which I believe it helped me as well. But of course, like sometimes things are too stringent, so yes. we have to be yeah. But I I believe like even in India things are getting better and it's more definitely moving towards the positive side. So yeah, the future is bright. Yeah, absolutely. So. My next topic or my next question is going to be something which is sort of very, you know, has created a lot of buzz in the current times. It has sort of become a buzzword, as we say. So what are your views on diversity and inclusion at the workplace? And how do you see it coming into the picture from the, take examples of the company that you work with? Yeah, I think both diversity and inclusion is, is they are both very important in a, any work culture. In Hong Kong, of course, it, it's very open right now because we have so many Western people, not only like from mainland China or even India, but we have so many people from Europe, especially from UK working here. And it's a financial hub. So in Hong Kong, uh, I believe that it, it's already getting better from what was previously known. But um, I think in India, there should be also some some improvement. And I think in India, people are still very open with like they welcome everyone with open hearts. So they never most of them, I believe, they won't be judging people on race, ethnicity and something like based on gender. I think these days most important thing is sexual orientation. So that's also now opening up in India with the LGBTQ. So, well, I think people are learning more with the help of media. Social media is helping them learn a lot. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's really crucial part of any work culture because your work should decide how like how much growth you can see in your career. Not, not how you look, not how you dress up, or not what's your gender or sexual orientation. So it's it's getting better with time, and hopefully we will have even better place places to work at. Yeah, yeah, where there's like you know level playing field for everybody else, and you know, yeah. I believe a lot of companies have now started taking this, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion as a very low-hanging fruit. Like they consider it, mm-hmm. okay, we need some sort of cloud or we need to create, yeah. some, we need to come out as like an inclusive organization. So let's do, yeah. do the most like bit of it and not exactly. really make it a part and or a routine activity for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, but now I think companies have started taking it seriously. A lot is yeah. being invested yeah. in it. Yeah, I think while I was changing jobs as well, like not only in Hong Kong, even at other country in in other countries, they now have a special diversity and inclusion disclaimer when you are applying for a job. So that that's really changing. So it's a great thing, and especially MNCs all over the world, even in India, those all have these disclaimers, which actually make the applicant more comfortable in. Uh, like in applying for that job, making sure that they will be chosen based on their work background and not what they actually are in person. True. Yeah. So I was just scrolling through your LinkedIn and mm-hmm. I also got to know that, you know, besides forming the role of a scientist, you also, your your job role also involves certain form of, you know, team management, some sort mm-hmm. of guidance. 
congrats to the people that you work with. Yeah. So, uh, and everybody on LinkedIn talks greatly about leadership skills. <laughs> what do you think makes one a great leader? If I have to ask you, and what would be your advice to the listeners that how mm. can they hone their leadership skills with all the work experience mm. you've had so far? Well, that, that's a tricky question to answer, you know, because every every leader, for that matter, I I would say, has his or her own way of thinking and there is no certain way of having oh you should be having these list of qualities to be a good leader or you shouldn't be having this list so it, it if you have those lists put on people would always think that oh we are not good enough we are not good enough so of course some things are really important which comes with humanity and you should be able to for example humility or in that case you should be also uh, be able to place yourself in some other's shoes and think what the other person is going through so those kind of things you never learn while working or while studying a, a particular subject that actually also highly depends on your upbringing where you have been brought up which friends you are hanging around with uh so a lot of things contribute to these qualities and a person a good leader basically from myself should be confident enough and making sure that people all around him or her are happy and they are not just happy on the face they are actually uh realizing the fact that oh that leader is good we can share things with the person so they are open to that leader so the person should be confident enough so that they the team members are really happy around him from my point of view there shouldn't be any list of qualities as i said so people i think my advice should be just be yourself be confident enough in what you are doing and things will come your way just learn your uh, what do you say your technology or whatever your major uh, subject is just be sure that you are strong enough on that and the rest of the things actually depends on how good you are in talking with people uh, communication is really important in this uh, in today's world right so if you're not able to communicate then things will be really uh, difficult for you to survive and i think um, as we were kids i'm not sure in india like if things are improving now in the schools but uh, for myself i think i learned a lot of communication when i moved outside india because the explore um the exposure that i had here was really much more than what i had in india and when i see college students here going to the universities they are much smarter because they have been exposed to certain things and they can communicate really well for me even i had stage fright like how can i present uh, even my final thesis i was so nervous how can i present today but if i see other people who have graduated from um, outside india they have so much confidence in themselves so i think once you build up that thing in yourself that you're confident enough and then you can communicate and then you understand how other people would react to certain situations so you also make sure that you are not humiliating anyone by saying certain words and make sure that people around you are happy so i think it's not a list but it's just from my perspective 
being a good person. So just be yourself and be confident. Things will be just as good as you want it to be, want them to be. I totally, totally agree with the fact that you know, yeah. uh, humanity should topple everything besides this, exactly. and confidence is definitely the key. I mean, if you're not confident enough in presenting your work, you may have done the best of work if you're not good at presenting right. it. Mm. It, it it's literally of no use for anybody. So exactly. Uh, let's see, um, because I think leadership has also sort of seen a very sort of three sixty degree change in the recent times. If I talk about India, because there was a time when we used to have leaders who were so micromanaging, who just yeah, and with you know a sword, there was always a sword hanging over your head. But now the time has come where leaders have started to understand that okay, we need to give some space to our employees. This exactly, yeah this yeah. agility adaptability all these things that yeah. we talk about they need to be absolutely. put in practice absolutely yeah because i believe that micromanaging certain people it won't help you work i'll just give you an example like sometimes we have some like technicians working for us doing some small things even at like workplace uh, if we just keep on asking them what to do how to do they will never learn yeah if because we are just guiding them and asking them to do certain things by our own way but if they want to learn they need to also have their own rhythm they yeah. also need to understand that okay i have my own space i should be now like working by myself so that also gives them certain amount of confidence if we have if they have their own space so definitely i think i totally agree and I- i'm glad that things are changing now at a lot of workplaces and i hope that it will be a better workplace yeah. for yeah for the future definitely and it reminds me of my childhood days you know we used to hear this proverb called like teach me how to fish don't give me a fish because if you just give me a fish one day i'll be happy for that one particular day (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so and that's when we realize the learnings have finally come into practice so as you move towards the end of this podcast my last question Mm -hmm. would be that i also got to know that you're a practicing yogini which is Mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing you know somebody who's living in a foreign land still just sticking to their roots uh, is amazing mm-hmm. so how did you realize the skill of yours and you know how do you <laughs> feel when you propagate such a practice in a foreign land yeah well I, I i don't consider myself as someone who has studied yoga very deeply because i don't have of course i have my teacher training certificate but i didn't do any other like graduation or any other degree per se for yoga but uh, i believe that in india and i i think even now a lot of schools have like this compulsory course of going through yoga i'm sure you must have also had it not only not only practical asanas and all pranayams but also theoretical yoga so we in india i think people know what yoga is they don't see it as a commercial thing they mostly see it as a regular habit i don't know about uh, other people but at my home i have always listened to my parents and they always recommend me certain times like oh do meditation do pranayama this will really help even if you are not doing any physical exercises but these small parts of uh, yoga they have been part of our lives like since childhood we have learned it at school we have seen our parents and they have asked us to do it we have seen like even very uh, 
advanced levels of poses or advanced levels of pranayams and meditation people have just seen it on videos we have actually seen it so for me i think yoga is has been a part of my life um before getting my teacher training certificate i used to dance a lot so i was into physical exercises a lot but you know when you are going through a lot of stressful times so i was doing my phd phd is not easy for yeah. anyone any subject it's not easy it like the pressure is of course a lot even though you have supervisor even though you are being paid but the pressure of finishing your project on time and with good results and then publishing papers is a lot like it's tremendous so at that time i was like towards the end of my phd like final year of my phd that's when i started practicing yoga again and that's when i realized like in outside india it's so commercial so it's not like people don't know about yoga but people know about yoga only for physical exercises only for losing weight not for uh, mental health they don't realize the importance of mental health so that's when i decided to okay let's just finish my teacher training as well while i'm writing my thesis i did i did that and then started teaching students so i actually instead of targeting working people working adults i went to the university my own university and started teaching them for free which students really enjoyed and especially during their exam sessions so they were really happy and enjoying and also i had a very good feedback that it was really relaxing so from my perspective even though i am teaching yoga here but it's not for commercial purpose because i have seen everywhere around all these yoga studios not only in hong kong in both us and europe it it's just a commercial business people are not teaching neither practicing yoga for their mental health or to keep themselves fit of course not everyone some people really understand the basic concept of yoga like it's not religion it's just for your own benefit so some people really understand it understand it but some people i most of them i believe that they are just doing it for commercial purposes so for my thing it's just to make sure that it's not a commercial thing perform yoga or practice yoga for your own benefit so even now i do community yoga sessions on every weekends whenever i have time and most of the students in my class are actual students or even some people who cannot afford to pay so sometimes if i have request from other people joining i charge very nominal fee because of course i have to book some areas to take the classes so they have to be charged so that's it so i love practicing yoga for myself and love teaching yoga to make sure that other people understand the actual benefit of yoga Yeah. amazing work you've been doing and you know just keep up all the good work you know mm-hmm. besides being so successfully in successful in your professional life you're also you know propagating good things uh, like yoga so i hope we get to see more people like you in future for propagating good practices so thank you thank you for joining us thank you for giving your time to us and i'm really really glad that you we could uh, do this and you know hear your different perspectives on some amazing things and look out from a different point of view what's happening around the world so thank you for joining us oh, thank you thank you actually
experience for me as well. And yeah, let, let's stay in touch after that. And good luck for your career as well. Thank you. Thank you.